This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, is it our fault that a whole new lipless white woman lied about being black for 10 years? Probably not. But we're talking about identity again because shit is getting super weird. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Well, 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 look who it fucking is. Look who it fucking is. <laughs> it's almost as if it's almost like oh. it's almost like we haven't seen each other. Right. Or maybe 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 we actually did see each other today. Maybe we actually already recorded the best podcast of our lives. The best. The fucking and re- best. And, and lost half the audio. Maybe that happened. Maybe that happened. And that's why I'm seeing you again. Again. Well, well, well. Who would have thought? Who? Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we recorded this fucking Ooh. podcast already today. It was the best podcast of our lives. Yo, niggas laughed. Yo, we got was. serious. We told people off. We cursed people out. Yo. We fucking celebrated each other. We yes. affirmed the fuck out of affirmations. The fuck? We talked about P-Value. We went into tangents we that was still valuable content. Valuable it wasn't even just content, like, tangents. Like this? shit that I could have put on a like, here's the fucking, here's some outtakes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We recorded um, for like three fucking hours. It was quality. Shit was quality, yo. I was, was about quality. to cut and chop and screw that shit down into the best Tea with Queen and Jay episode you ever you heard, ever heard in, your in your life. But that's okay. Yeah. It's fucking okay. So what we have here is <laughs> us. <laughs> what we have here. What you see here, you see here? are the remains. No. <laughs> you have us. Uh, we're going to do a show. We do still have the pit. For those of you familiar with Tea with Queen and J podcast, we do still have the pit that we recorded earlier today yeah, at our regular time of yep. fucking recording a podcast. So we're going to keep that shit. So that energy, if the energy sounds different in the pit, it's because that was what we recorded in the first round yep. of doing this shit, yo. This has almost never happened to us before. Like, like maybe we Not lost this like amount 30 of audio. minutes. Yeah, we've lost we never, yeah, like we never lost this amount of shit at this level in the fucking game. Like, like what? What's like an really hour good? Change of audio we lost. We lost two hours. Yes. Stop. We have we had three. We no, lost we had three hours. hours. Yes, you're right. We lost two yes. fucking hours of audio. Yep. There we were laughs. There were good times. We were recording like in the morning, not super. It was like regular daytime. Yes. It was a regular daytime recording. We were at our best. Yep. That's okay. Yep. That's After all right. breakfast to, and shit, like to. it was one of those. Yes. It was good. It was good. It was good. But anyway, um, <laughs> so that's just to give you a heads up of where we're at, yes. what we've been doing, that's but we're going to do a podcast. On, yes, today we are going to skip our news that's not news. And we had also had a really good conversation. The homie Evian from Sexually Liberated Women sent us a really good letter and we mm-hmm. had a really good conversation that came from that. So we are going to do that another, another time. Episode, yeah. Yeah, on another episode. So we still have we don't have we'll have to do it again, but we are gonna do that another time. So today, in today's episode, what you will hear after we talk our shit is we're gonna do a pay black women, because that's important and that yep. was a little bit time sensitive. Yeah. And we're gonna get into the pit and we have a little bit of housekeeping that we wanna fucking do. Yes. So that's what we're doing today. So that's where we're at. And that's how we're feeling. This is, this is what it got to be. It is. And we're happy to be here, though. 
Mm-hmm. That's the good thing. We're happy yeah, yeah. to do it. We are, we are. And it's still going to be fucking great because we're fucking amazing. We are. We're, we're fucking fun. amazing. We're fucking amazing. Watch. All right. Welcome, Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We, we are two women's race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. We did that twice today. We did do that twice. Look at all the cleansing out, yo. Oh, you know, y'all know how sometimes my voice sounds like real deep and sexy. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I love that shit. <laughs> you I was do. On that this morning, I was my, my voice was sitting in my deepest resonance this morning. So y'all missed some of that, and that that makes me a little bit sad because that is when I feel most like myself. Oh, wait, wait, am I doing it? There it is. All right, that's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It passed. It passed. It'll come back. We'll do it again another time. Oh, we will. We shall. We shall. Mm-hmm. If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social media. You can also use the hashtag pod in. That alerts other folks that you are also listening to T with Queen and J. You know, we want people to find it. So that's the way that they can find it. You can also follow us on social media. We love when you follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ are our handles, and we are also on Tumblr and the Facebook. Send us email. You can send us email at twithqueenandj.com. We love when you send us anything, not anything. We love when you send us questions, comments, serious things, silly things. You tell us you love us. We love when you send those too. We do see them, we do read them. Um, we get so much because we're so popping that we don't get to read all of them on an episode. But yes, we do love and receive your email. So send us a T mail. Ow. Every episode, we pour libations for the people, places, and things, giving us black ass, black joy. Libations are our shout outs. There are toasts to the ancestors. There are pour one out for the homies. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week? I am pouring libations for. Again. <laughs> again. I'm pouring libations for again. Okay. I'm pouring libations for cuddles. Cuddles, yes. cuddles, and more cuddles. So last week I had a really, I guess, high anxiety day. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. I don't know. That's what I'm going to call it. A very high yeah. anxiety day. And I really think it was triggered because of my fucking bra. Because it was a day that I mm-hmm. went into the office. Um, I don't go in the office at all, really. But I go, like, I, try, I go once a week by choice because I want to go outside right. and, like, you know, move my body and shit. But anyway. So that bra triggered my fucking high ass anxiety. When I got home, I didn't really want to be bothered. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Nothing happened, but something was wrong. So I, mm-hmm. I am just now understanding that when I'm stressed or when I'm mad or sad, that my body actually feels it. I never used to be able to identify that before. Right. And I guess with therapy, I'm I'm learning not to avoid things and actually just let the things feel. Like eventually, the mm-hmm. feeling's gonna go away. So just go through it. And it'll pass and you'll be fine. I mean, I'll usually just try to block it out. So I think that's why I can feel those things in my body way more than I used to before. Right. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm in a bad mood, feeling funky. Let me just be in the house, be alone, you know, whatever. And then my boo thing hit me up and I'm like, nah, don't come over. Like, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, like, you know, you want me to come over? And I kept saying no. They were persistent, but not persistent in a bad way, like at all. Mm-hmm. And then they came over, and then we just cuddled in bed and watched movies and went to sleep. And I really needed someone's touch. Right. And I think that with the social distancing, 
My touch is extremely limited. He's actually the only person I'm touching right now. Yeah, he's the only person that I consistently touch. So when I did visit my mom that time, I did hug my mom. You know, stuff like that. But he's the only person that I've been getting consistent touch and cuddles and that touch affection shit. So him knowing and identifying... I don't even know if he knew what the fuck he was doing, but all I knew was that those cuddles worked and made me feel so good and and calmed my anxiety. Yeah. So that shit was dope. And then me and him love to fuck, <laughs> right? And we didn't know. We, she's like, where's <laughs> this going? my eyes. I did the look around. Like, where's, okay. where's this going? She didn't say this last time. Um, <laughs> no, but him and I, we really like to have sex. So it was nice for the cuddles to be the in- intimacy of the night. It was nice for that to be the center piece of the night. And Mm. it really, like, calmed me down. But I think that I need to figure out the touch thing, though. Yeah. Because I used to be a motherfucker who was like, don't touch me. But I -hmm. I crave it so much now. So that helped me a lot. So I want to pull my patients to cuddles because it really, really helped calm my anxiety. And I got to, you know, put my booty on his penis. That's wonderful. I love that. (laughs) When you were talking about how you really need to figure out the touch thing, Mm -hmm. something that I do is sometimes I just like rub on myself. So Mm -hmm. like, like I was rubbing my butt the other day because it feels like self-soothing kind of stuff. So like just Mm kind of like rubbing my arms, rubbing my shoulders, like using both of my hands to rub on myself. I just did it while I was waiting for my, like the water in my tea to boil. Uh I was like legit standing in front of the stove, Mm -hmm. like just rubbing myself. I was like, Ooh, I haven't rubbed my booty in a while. It just felt comforting to Uh like feel the curves of my body and to like, just be like, there was touch there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That was touch. That's a good idea. Yeah. So that I was thinking about. And then as we talk about social distancing, when you talk about cuddling and touch and like how soothing that is, it makes me think about like our elders. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, we need touch more, but we get less of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like a lot of the elders, especially now in quarantine, as like we're trying not to kill them, you yes. know, with them being like some of the most at risk people for getting COVID or whatever. But from dying from COVID. Right. I'm sure a lot of them are receiving even less touch. So just like a reminder, if you are quarantining with one of your elders mm-hmm. and you can hug them safely and consensually, like do so. Like everybody remember to consensually touch your elders, hug your elders, hold mm-hmm. their hands. Yeah. That is really, really important. And I try and do that when I am with my elders. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really something that we think about. They're older. Some of them are more frail. And so they're not maybe throwing their arms around you the way that a parent would. Mm -hmm. The vibes are different. So that might be something that you have to initiate. So we just need to make sure that we are not forgetting the elders when it comes to touch and being intimate in that way. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know? So that's dope. I like Mm -hmm. that libation. Yes, thank you. What are you pulling libations for, Jay? I want to pour libations for community building and for community support. I had a call, I had a Zoom call with Sam and Stephanie to kind of brainstorm some stuff that I'm working on. And I really appreciated the safety there, the feeling of safety, the being able to ask questions, the being able to be ignorant to things to not know to say that I don't know or I'm yeah. unsure about yep. things that that even I feel like I should know so I really wanted to pour libations to them for being a part of my community and I think that who's Sam and Stephanie huh 
You never like say who they are. Oh, you're right. Fun. Sorry, because I did this already. <laughs> I know. Um, I was like, I think she feels like she because she did do it already. I, I feel like y'all heard this already. I was waiting for opening. But, but yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. No, yes, okay. the homies Sam and Stephanie, members of the Black Baddie Brigade, mm-hmm. our podcast community. Sam of Inner Hall Uprising, Stephanie of Bag Ladies Podcast. Yes. So yes, yeah, so we had a Zoom call, which I really just I, I did need it to socialize. Like mm-hmm. I really appreciated that aspect of it and being able to catch up with them in that way. And yeah. I also appreciated being able to ask them about work stuff and to like brainstorm things that I'm working on. So I really did appreciate That's that. Dope. Yeah, but also like. The community building aspect of this, and I know that some people, you know, call it networking or whatever, yada, yada, whatever the fuck. But, like, I feel like the kind of conversation that we were having, I would not be able to have that with people I had not built community with. Mm -hmm. And I know between the three of us, we are all very giving and generous people. So it is possible that a stranger could hit us up and say, hey, would you mind talking to me, chatting me up about whatever? But it is a lot easier to do that when you have built community with somebody and so there's a give and take there. Yeah. There is some like mm-hmm. frame of reference for us sharing information and sharing resources with one another. Then there is when people hit you up and they're like, hey, can we do coffee? Can I buy you coffee and pick your brain? Which is basically like a free consultation. Yes, and exactly. A $6 consultation. A $6 conversation <laughs> and can be devaluing, undervaluing yep. and disrespectful to the work and the knowledge that like that person has to offer you and they often get nothing in return yeah you haven't kept in touch to hit them up cold and say hey can we do happy uh, you exactly. haven't kept in touch None enough to shit. do that you don't keep in touch after it's not like a fair equitable exchange, exchange yeah. or like experience like when i hit up sam and stephanie i can ask them like how have you been how is this going and for you? you? What's care. up with this? Because we know each shit. other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. And I really appreciated them spending time with me in that way. Yeah, it just felt good. I am someone who rarely feels safe. So part of my building community is because I have to. Because I already... <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? Because you really never feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a really nice person. I don't trust anybody. Like... When people say to me, oh, I don't trust so-and-so, I'll be like, so you trust people? Because <laughs> I don't trust anyone. So there's no need oh, for gosh. me to ever say that, oh, no, I don't trust No, but I don't trust lots of people nobody. either, but you literally mm-hmm. never feel safe. <laughs> like, Yeah, because it's not safe outside. <laughs> so it's imperative that I build community and that I build places where I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Because then... When... <laughs> you never feel I'm laughing, safe. yo, because when somebody deviates, I'll be like, now nah, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe no, now. all the time. You know what? No. You know what? You never you know feel what? safe. You don't. <laughs> anyway, I'm pouring libations for community. Yes, yes. Community. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you again to Sam and Stephanie. It's scary building community. You know what it I'm is. saying? Because in is. building community, especially me as somebody who rarely feels safe, you're not going to feel safe until you feel safe. So it's really about being a little bit vulnerable, building community, seeing what the fuck happens as an empath when i feel unsafe or when i feel like sometimes people make me physically sick if the energy is not yeah, I've seen there it. if the no. energy is not good yeah i just want to reiterate like dead ass i've seen you get sick or unwell unwell i'm trying to stop saying sick but unwell because mm-hmm. yeah the energy is just yeah ooh, it's not I've a joke it. it's, it's like not- it's like your spirit leaves your body <laughs> it is <laughs> it's like i've seen it 
Yeah, yeah. So I say all that to say it takes work building community. It takes a little bit of vulnerability. It takes being in touch with things and being open to making mistakes and being open to other people making mistakes or whatever that that can be harmful or whatever. Yes. But there is value in taking that risk and building community. So I just wanted to pour libations for that. I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for it. And a special libations to Sam and Stephanie for taking the time to hang out with me and shit, yo. That's dope. So. Yeah. Mm. I'm happy that you are able to feel safe with people. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I joke and say you're in the, like, you never feel unsafe. Right. But there are times when you do. And when you do, mm-hmm. you acknowledge them. Like, you don't hold them for granted. You don't, like, you're not. Right. You do lean into them. So you don't mm-hmm. be walking around like everything's unsafe and let me get them before they get me like you make sure right. you don't do that and yeah and that's important to me i appreciate that you say that it's important to me that i am constantly working against that because my feelings of unsafety i don't want that to turn into actions of aggression so again libations to community building as a fucking concept and libations to the homies sam and stephanie for being a part of my community okay yeah 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 this is the part of the show where we usually talk about how you can support tea with queen and jay podcast but we don't want to do that before reminding everyone that there are still protesters on the ground the movement for black liberation has not stopped the movement against police brutality has not stopped just because you don't see that shit coming across your timeline does not mean that the shit is over the Mm -hmm. movement to dismantle white supremacist patriarchal capitalism has not stopped so in the show notes we do put a link there's an article that NYU Local has put together is basically a list from state to state of places where you can donate. It's a list of fundraisers, petitions, and different organizations that you can support within this movement. So definitely check that out if you're not already doing something or if you're looking for other ways to be active or proactive, if you're looking for ways to donate your money, if not money, your time, or anything else. Mm -hmm. So definitely check that out and look for options in your state. Yes, yes. Queen, how can folks support Tea with Queen and Jay podcast? You can support Tea with Queen and Jay by going to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, slide down on the homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can put however much you want in a pot, however many times you want, no commitment there. And our second option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you. We want to give you options, but we're, you know, our little ask is $2. We also appreciate non-monetary support, and you can do that by sharing this podcast on social media, telling a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts, and all of those things are things that help Tea with Queen and Jay that's right if you would like to sponsor tea with queen and jay podcast if you'd like to advertise with us if you'd like to hear your ad on tea with queen and jay t-mail us at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com if you'd like to hear us speak at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism womanism black feminism black hair or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team send us your t-mail at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com we have donation libations this week queen can you hit us with the patreon new patrons what's good yes so new patrons we have two tracys or the same tracy two times we have maya layla sarah shayla van michelle dark knight nicole quid pro quo Aaliyah, christina 
Kay, Renee, Leota, Jack, Colt LeCue, Caitlin, and then we have Clodotown Brown and Catherine who up their pledge. Thank you to all the new patrons and to everyone who up their pledge. That was it's a lot of patrons there. Yes, facts. And we had a couple of people break us off on the PayPal. Laura, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And then Kim hit us up. And Kim says, I'm the only black woman working in a very white space. And whoo, Jesus, it's a struggle to not cuss these motherfuckers out. It says MFs here, but I like saying motherfuckers. I may send you a T-mail about this because as my great grandma said, this too much. Um, forgive me if that was a bad Southern accent. I did my best. It did say, it does say merch here. So I was reading the script. Okay. Needless to say, I'm very grateful for the black ass space you two have created. Your content brings me so much comfort. I'm cackling at your new job at the pink as we speak. Love from Dallas, Kim. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kim. The pink. The pink. The pink. Yes, Pank. yes, I did feel uh, like that show that had swallowed me whole. I had not been able to uh, return after the first episode. It was very stressful. Oh, so once I'm feeling more, um, this is not a mentally, uh, uh, I don't want to say stable, but this is not a good time to be working at the Pank. So I can't, I cannot, <laughs> I can't watch that right now. I can't, I can't do it. I internalized oh, so much so. of it. Oh, that so that means you've cleaned your locker. You've cleaned your locker. I cleaned my locker out. So you could come back. I cleaned my locker out. I okay. took my stuff and I can't. Maybe in the winter I'll revisit it. It's too merch right now. Okay? <laughs> it is too merch. Oh, God. So, my listeners came through supporting you with that. I appreciate Making sure it. that your transition at work was a, was a good one. Watching stuff as an empath in a stressful time in quarantino i mean i'm always like this with stuff that i watch but this has made it all more Mm -hmm. intense shit that's like high stakes and people arguing stuff that i can relate to like all them black women at the pink i cannot (laughs) i cannot it is too personal for empath i can't do it oh gosh i'm out oh gosh oh gosh i feel like if you was a character you'd be uncle clifford uncle clifford that's the one in charge right yeah okay Mm -hmm. I, I take that. I take that. Maybe that's why I'm stressed. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility. Oh my oh God. I gotta take care of the girls. I gotta care about the girls. I gotta run my business. Oh, I gotta come in and out of freaking to put put the nails on, take the nails off. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Oh, so you be dipped off. You be dipped off, Clifford. Yeah, I can't. So, quick reminder, we are taking next week off for Queen's birthday. So, that's what we're going to be Ew. doing. Yes. Celebrating. Taking a moment to take a breath and take a breather. So, that's a quick heads up on that. We do, of course, have two bonus Patreon episodes. If you have not already listened to our Patreon podcast content, definitely do that. All you have to do is be subscribed at any level to our Patreon and you have access to that Content. Yeah, so let's get on into the show. There ain't no place like there's no place like home. I mean, no place, child. Jay, what kind of tea are you drinking? Um, what am I? I think I'll have an English breakfast. I ran out of my green tea, so I have to order some more of that. But I did want to say, Teas by G sent me a bunch of tea. So I'm Lit. really excited about that shit. Lit. G sent me some of the microdose CBD cocoa mm-hmm. that they have. I like yeah. that shit. I got some PMS tea. Ooh, 
It's a party. So okay. I'm fucking excited about that, yo. So be sure that you all are checking out Tease by G on Instagram. And from there, you can also check out their microdose page yep so mm-hmm. tea's by g on instagram or tea's by g.com what kind of tea are you drinking you know what i'm not drinking tea okay i had tea earlier it was green tea the you first did. time we did this did. i was gonna pretend but i'm like <laughs> i am fed up <laughs> <laughs> jay jay's actually drinking tea again y'all I, I had to. Yeah, I had I to it. drink tea again. I, I just, I just could not. I was like, let me get in. Let me get into. It. This is what we're doing tonight. <laughs> get in. Get revved up. Get pumped. Yo, your eyes are at half mass. <laughs> For real? I'm so tired. <laughs> they were. I'm amazing. Y'all, so tired, wait, but wait. What we didn't, what we didn't tell y'all was that since we started this, after telling y'all already from the beginning Ooh, that we yeah. had to start from scratch, yes. we had to actually start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. Yo, it has. It, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. But we did order, before actually we started recording this episode, we did order some new equipment, equipment since we are yeah. recording separately. Yeah. I was recording on one thing. Queen was recording on another thing. So we ordered something else. Yeah. Queen will have a different setup so that we won't be dealing with this. And that is thanks to y'all's donations. We and didn't have to be like, oh my goodness. Now we and have to wait and have bad tech and wait and it out. We were able to like get what we needed. Yep. So we really appreciate that. So thanks to y'all for that. Mm-hmm. And... Queen, even though you are falling asleep and not drinking tea, are you drinking water? Or are you? Oh, I finished the water I had earlier. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my goodness! I finished All right. that bottle of water I had. I get what we, you're trying to do. We gotta get you some water during the break, cause this, this, we're not done. I'm, I'm fine though. Oh, okay. All right. You're good. the one who mouth becomes a desert after talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. Anyway, so, what are your pronouns? Oh, my pronouns. Okay. No, it's okay. I'll do it. All right, go ahead, go. My pronouns are she, her, they, them, and please lovingly, I ask that you do not call me a lady. Separate from my pronouns, I'm not a lady. I'm not a part of ladies. That's just what it is. What it That's is. That's what y'all. it is. Yep. That's yep. what it is. And what are your pronouns? She, her. What are you affirming again today? <laughs> Again, to, hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with saying the affirmations multiple twice. times. Yep. That's why we affirm shit, yo. Yep. That's why we affirm shit. I affirm a life full of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self-employment. Mm-hmm. I affirm I am enough. I affirm my apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. Mm -hmm. I affirm being able to organize my schedule and my day and get things done free from fear of not doing enough or fear of disappointing anyone. I affirm comfort with the discomfort of learning new shit and making mistakes. I feel like I'm in this season of life where I'm like, I'm trying new things. And it's fucking uncomfortable, yo. Yeah. Trying new mm-hmm. shit is mad uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I first wrote this down earlier today, the first time we recorded three <laughs> hours of audio that is now lost, that is now disappeared. The best <laughs> podcast we've ever recorded ever. in our fucking almost seven There's gonna years. There's going to be a documentary about this episode. It is. There is. So anyway, the first time I said this, I was thinking about like my work shit, my career life, my work life or whatever. But I realized that I'm actually 
uncomfortable with what the fuck is happening with me at work which at work is really at my house in my freelance life yeah. doing my own thing or whatever yep. but the mm-hmm. shit is is uncomfortable as hell cause mm-hmm. I'm learning new things and in my like relationships the shit is uncomfortable I'm learning <laughs> new things good things are happening that yeah. I'm not used to mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable as hell yo transition and growing is mad uncomfortable it is. and it was my dad's birthday the other day and we were on a zoom call my dad is 61, and I was like, okay, so what are you looking forward to this year? He was like, you know what? Actually, I'm learning a lot, and he, like, said a bunch of shit that was mad humble, and I'm not <laughs> used to that either, and that made me uncomfortable, too, because I was like, who are you, and why are you learning new things at this age, and I have never heard you say anything about self-growth. <laughs> 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 no, he's always self growing and self improving, but a not lot. in any That's way a lot. that a lot admits of like any type of like potential mistakes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that also was uncomfortable for me because this is all just a lot, and we're still in quarantino and it is too much. Okay, it's all too much. <laughs> so. I want to be comfortable with the discomfort of growing. Yeah, That's what I want to do. I want to affirm that shit. What are you affirming for yourself this week, Queen? I'm affirming for myself that I'm a bad bitch. I affirm that I'm enough. I affirm Mm -hmm. that I'll be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I also affirm that I'm well-rested. My Mm -hmm. hair and fashions are popping. My body and mind are healthy. And that I'll forever and always stunt on you hoes i will say yes only two activities that are healthy for my mind body and emotional well-being mm. i will courageously protect my happiness courage yes girl and i affirm a continued and safe healthy reopening of new york city and also other cities around the world from COVID 19 i also affirm that we will continue on in the year 2020 i'm gonna keep saying this affirmation you're gonna hear this affirmation every week on this fucking Mm -hmm. show here okay i also affirm that we will have a fruitful and abundant 2020 you will find abundance the whatever you need in abundance will come your way you can find pockets of abundance you can find pockets of gratitude you can find bundles of happiness you deserve it you will get it you will have it 2020, all the events of 2020 does not define your well-being, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I affirm all of that shit today. And every day, really. I like that. I like that, yo. Thank you. Thank you. We need that. I appreciate that affirmation. I think it's dope that you're affirming that shit for the community. Mm -hmm. also want to affirm liberation and power to all the people. I like that we're affirming shit for each other for ourselves mm-hmm. and it makes me feel all good and warm and cozy and uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> and uncomfortable and uncomfortable and uncomfortable and uncomfortable ah all oh, right so funny so yes you know you want we wanted to get into a little something i wanted really to do quick. a quick refresher of Mm -hmm. like who we are where we're at we have a lot of new listeners and i just want people to know like where they are because i feel like um they don't know (laughs) over the last week it wasn't just the last episode we got a lot of weird comments and weird engagement over 
the past week related to content that we've released, I guess, over the past Mm -hmm. few weeks. And usually we get really positive stuff or we get constructive critiques or we get people who respectfully disagree with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do get trolls, but the trolls that we get are just usually people who don't like us off of social. Yeah, They're not people exactly. who are actually listeners of the show. So it's mm-hmm. rare for us to have people who listen to us actually troll us. So that was weird and uncomfortable because that's not really yep. the type of show that we do. And when I say the type of show that we do, we don't come on here and troll other people. We're not troll ass niggas on the show. And our listeners usually communicate with us in the way that we communicate to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of fucking strange. And, um, yeah, we don't fucking like that shit. I don't like it. So just as a reminder, I think some of the comments that we were receiving were because people didn't know where they were and don't know Mm -hmm. our intentions or what the fuck we're doing. And just like off of some troll shit. This is a stressful time. And so people are like letting it off, letting it fly, whatever. And this is not the place to direct that shit. I interpret a troll ass response as a response with malicious undertones or overtones and i'm not here for that so like we ain't here for that we're not you're welcome to share with us your opinion on an episode you're welcome to share critiques you're welcome to disagree do not reach out to us to tell us that you don't like us and we failed you or your ideals do not send us that shit without sending constructive feedback you know what i'm saying you're more than welcome if we've disappointed you you're more than welcome to share that do not send that shit without also sending the constructive feedback, without sending us what the fuck your actual problem was. If you're not going to tell me exactly. what your problem is, do problem not hit is. me up to tell me that you don't fucking like me or you don't like what we did. That's not mm-hmm. the kind of place that this is. That's not the kind of energy that we nurture, that we fucking inspire. I don't want it. We're black. We're tired. I'm trying to take care of myself and kiss big grown adult men in the mouth. That's what I'm trying to do. This is not the kind of show for sending us just anger. This just anger, just blurting out like on some real shit. We not one of your little friends. We're not. We are not one of your little friends. I know we're in your life every week. But even with your friends, you're supposed to talk to them nice. Even mm-hmm. with the people you care about, you're supposed to still dress us with respect. We don't come on the show. And disrespect y'all for two hours. Right. Like, that's not what we do here. Yeah. So we expect that back. And we really believe that you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing now. And resetting and letting you know where you at. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is the, this is the bathroom. And this is where we do this. What if over, over there. <laughs> if you need a mask okay. or hand sanity, it's in the yeah, corner. Sanitize over here. Mm-hmm. Bathroom tears so you can wash. You know, like, you know, so that's what, that's what we're doing. Yeah, so we are a womanist race nerd podcast. Our goal is to center black women of all varieties, black non-binary folks who identify with our shit, black AFAB folks who identify with our shit, and those on the receiving end of misogynoir. So we welcome and respect listeners of all backgrounds, but we are not talking to white people. So that's just like... Just so everybody knows, that's we're not concerned mm-hmm. with white gays. We're not concerned with explaining things to white people. We are not concerned with not hurting white people's feelings. We don't care. Like, we're yeah. not talking to you. Exactly. So that reminder is not to white people. Like, sure, yes, I guess. Uh, that It was a yeah. reminder. So if you're white, reminder. Great, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but even that statement was for black people, right? Because the comments yes. that we received, I believe, were from black people who were uncomfortable yes. 
at the way that we were speaking because they were concerned at what white people listening white to people us might think, think right? Mm-hmm. So what they would yep. think about us, what they would think about our ideas on blackness, concerned that we did not break down something from beginning to end in a certain mm-hmm. way, that we did not yeah. explanatory comma some shit, concerned that our ideas on blackness don't represent everyone, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. who is black or yep, whatever. Correct. Like, we're not talking to white people. And we know that a lot of us... As a community, as a collective, we are used to listening to content, even when the host is black, even when the yeah. producer of the content is a black person. We are used to consuming content that is created with white people in mind. OK, so uh, when we listen to other podcasts, not not all of them, but there are podcasts hosted by black folks about black shit that's for white people and that's yeah that's mm-hmm. okay there's nothing wrong with that that's not what we do at here all. and so if you hear something and you are concerned that it may have rubbed white people funny or taught white people something that you didn't want to teach white people that day or that mm-hmm. you feel like is, is counterproductive or they shouldn't hear we're not talking to them if you want to hit me up and say that something that we said was harmful to uh, another black person i'll Mm -hmm. i'll take that tell us what had happened i'll take that if you want to tell us that something we said was harmful to a somebody further marginalized than ourselves here on this podcast we're open Mm -hmm. to that that's cool if you want to hit us up and say that we missed the mark or we were talking out of pocket about a community that we don't represent that's cool too we're open to mad critiques if you want to hit me up and say something ridiculous that's cool too just tell me what exactly your problem is you know what i'm saying don't hit me up with like fucking general i don't like you kind of malice i'm not i'm not with that i don't appreciate that so our og white listeners know that they are a guest in this space we're not using language to translate our experiences to white people we are thinkers we're theorists we're cultural critics if you are a non-black indigenous person if you are a non-black person of color we welcome you as a listener and expect as partners in combating white supremacist patriarchal capitalism that you manage your listening versus speaking ratio accordingly and so Mm -hmm. we work to do the same and so basically we speak here as black people we speak here as black people at a particular intersection of the african diaspora we speak here as black girls from the bronx we are also people of color we are black people of color so there Mm -hmm. are times when we will be talking about specifically black shit which is most of the time and there'll be times we'll be talking about being a person of color and when we Mm -hmm. do that our intention is to do that from our perspective and there will be times when we may discuss poc shit and yeah there are perspectives within the poc collective that we're not privy to and don't understand so what we're saying is that we make it a point to listen when it's our time to listen and we expect that our listeners understand their intersections their privilege and manage when it's time to listen and when it's time to speak so that's what we're saying talk to us fucking nice that's how we talk here we don't position ourselves as the most woke the most righteous the most fucking we make it a point to learn out loud on this show we make it a point to fucking come up with theories and ideas and open up honestly in ways that lots of shows don't do that lots of people don't provide they act like they just arrived over with it all together and figured Mm -hmm. out Mm-hmm. And that's not what we do here. We yeah. can critique all the fucking time, and we and we go through those critiques on this show on purpose because we want to show that it is 
okay to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's okay to learn and it's okay to like expand your ideas. So it's just, it's annoying knowing that we handle this show with such amount of care. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's reciprocated back a lot because yeah, we most get, of the time, most of the time we're good. But like, come on, we're in a fucking pandemic. Emotions are high. Mm-hmm. The uprisings is happening. Fucking handle us with care too. Like we're not, we're humans. There's two black women on the other side of these fucking microphones. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Talk to me nice. We understand that we're all going through stuff. So if you feel like you have some shit that you want to get off, that's cool. But talk to us nice. Don't hit us up with anything with malintent. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Don't bring that over here. We don't. I'm not the one. The two about to do all of the things. We don't. We don't. We don't want that. We're not open to that, and we don't appreciate it. And so we didn't want to give airtime to negativity but we do know that we get new listeners all the time and like things that we have said on the podcast before have been missed and everybody's not caught up so we just want to make sure we catch everybody up remind y'all who we are remind y'all what we do here if you're looking for a podcast that beats down on folks who perhaps are they they think are not woke enough a podcast that positions themselves as the all-knowing wokest of thou there are other black people doing that shit you can find them hang out with them so that when you want to you know curse them out and cancel them or whatever the fuck they know what you're saying they speak that language we don't speak that language here so don't come over here with that all right Thanks to everybody, though, who has been knowing how to act and love and support us. We appreciate y'all, yo. We appreciate you. Sorry. I thought in my head, I was like, that's a song. No, it's not. No, I just made that up. She made that up. Because, um... This is my second time actually giving this speech. No, You're doing this. <laughs> this is the second time. The second time. I had to fictionally let y'all know. I had to talk to an imaginary audience. Okay? I let y'all know. I'd be like, you got me fucked up. You got me fucked up. Tell y'all fucked something. Up. All right. But I think that's all that we wanted to say. Yeah, it is. We really love and appreciate the community that you all have helped us build. And so we just want to make sure that when it's time to do housekeeping, when we need to remind people what it is that we do and who we are, whatever, that we do that accordingly just to protect our space and to protect the space that you all participate in. So thanks for that. She is. Let's take a little break real quick. Yes. Let's take a break. Money, 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 money. (laughs) Money. (laughs) Do you know what this year is? what every year is all about yeah but like giving black women your money yes give black women your money hashtag pay black women yo okay okay so So. how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes twice um, a week yeah yo (laughs) and we could use your loving motherfucking donations Um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yeah tvthequeenandj.com hit that donate tab and mm-hmm. we have two options there so you two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal yep. you choose we mm-hmm. give you a choice that's right on how you give us money that's right if you want to donate via Patreon we're asking all of our listeners to break us off two dollars a month 
That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black. <laughs> All the time. Again. We're again. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this night. Oh, this goodness. Yes. That's okay. On nights like this, and yes. in Quarantino, mm-hmm. what have you been using mm-hmm. to stay moisturized? Just, oh, you want, you Is that a random question? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just tired. What have I been doing to stay um, moisturized? Well, yes. Minding Besides minding your business. Yes. Drinking my water. Of course. And then, you know, I'm like a shea. I'm a shea butter ass bitch. So. You like the butters. I love the butters. The butters. Okay. And I'm well, dry, so I need the butters. You are dry. And I in my first butters. iteration of this conversation, I had that written down, but I was like, I will let her say it. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am dry. Like my skin. Well, that's perfect because dry. Love Lavender Shea Organics was originally developed to foster the needs of, well, people who are dry like yourself, but also. <laughs> Also, the needs of travelers who love organic <laughs> and natural products. Mm. Items at lovelavendershade.com are sized for people on the go. But what I've found as someone who's not doing a lot of traveling right now and trying to declutter, you know, we're all at home sitting around looking at our shit, yeah. is it's nice to have body care products that are not huge, taking up a bunch Most of space, space in my small apartment in my bathroom. Exactly. Through research, Love Lavender Shade Organics was created as an all-encompassing natural skincare company to enhance your skin without harsh chemicals and greasy buildup while cultivating self-love and sustainability in all their products. LoveLavenderShade.com incorporates a few of their key ingredients to achieve perfectly healthy skin. It's particular dry skin. (laughs) Ooh, it's for you. Yes, these ingredients are... Right? And I get excited because I'm a dry person. These ingredients are shea butter, vitamin E oils, essential oils, and a lot of love. I've been needing all of that love. They call this their custom blend. Love Lavender Shea products are formulated to reduce inflammation, hydrate skin, which is important, Mm. rejuvenate damaged skin, which is also important because some... Dry skin is damn skin. And aid in combating fine lines and age spots. Might I add, dry skin. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. Incorporating love into everything they do at lovelavendershade.com. 10% of each purchase goes towards charitable contributions and their scholarship that helps graduating high school and college seniors. This month's charitable contributions will go towards Girls Going Global, which is an organization empowering girls to be global citizens. Love Lavender Shea is a plant-based company striving to help you achieve your skin's natural glow and all products are packaged in a sustainable TSA approved container with personalized travel reminders like take a moment to breathe, drink water, and repeat. 
mind your business <laughs> and things like that. Now, mind your business, I added that. For Tea with Queen and Jay listeners, when you visit lovelavendershade.com now through September 21st, receive free shipping on your first purchase using code T, that's T-E-A. And starting September 22nd through October 19th, receive 10% off your purchase using code T, that's T-E-A. So be sure to check out Love Lavender Shea Organics at lovelavendershea.com. All right. Are you ready to pay black women? I am definitely ready to play a black woman. Give me your fucking money! Our Pay Black Women segment is a segment where we feature and highlight black women-owned businesses, initiatives, organizations. It could be a black woman who needs lunch money, needs rent money, mm-hmm. feels like she wants to buy a new couch. All yeah. of that shit we include in our Pay Black women segment if you want to be submitted for paid black women you can submit yourself you someone else can submit you if you know of a business that you want to submit to paid black women you can do that shit just send us your t-mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com women of course include trans women cis women anyone who identifies as a black woman is welcome to participate in our pay black women segment here at tea with queen and jay podcast we include afab non-binary folks in this segment yes. if you would like to participate we of course respect your pronouns we will not call you a woman if you are not a woman if you do not identify as a woman if you are afab non-binary you are welcome to participate yep. we will respect your pronouns here at Tea with Queen and Jay podcast. We also open this segment up to indigenous women and non-binary folk. If you are an indigenous woman or an indigenous AFAB non-binary person, you are welcome to participate in our Pay Black Women segment. Mm -hmm. We will, of course, not refer to you as a black woman. We're just saying you are welcome to participate at this time in this segment of the show. You can send us your T-mail. A quick note Mm-hmm. Queen and Jay are also black women yes. who deserve to be paid. So while we hold space and open this part of the show up to highlight black women owned businesses and initiatives, we do that knowing that we are also black women and deserve to be paid. So if you are a black women run business or initiative and you feel that you have the resources to purchase ad space yep. on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, if you feel like you have the resources to send us products at Tea with Queen and Jay podcast, yeah. Do that shit. We appreciate that shit. We, of course, are not counting anybody's money. We're not checking your pockets. We just ask that you respect and acknowledge that we are also black women who deserve to be paid. This segment is open to whoever fits the criteria that we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. whoever chooses to participate. Again, we just ask that you do so with consideration of the space and who we are and all of that good shit. Yo, who is our pay black woman feature this week? So there's future hers. <laughs> Let's just get in. I'm going to just get into it. Hello, Queen and Jay. My name is Shania. My pronouns are she, her. First, I hey, want Shania. To st- hey, Shania. First, I wanted to start off by saying that I love your podcast and I'm very grateful to have learned about it from Money and Nikita over at Queer Walk. Shout out to the boop, boop, boop. Right? Ow. For the past few months, your podcast has been my morning commute, my eight-hour workday, and my commute home listen wow like jay i am a podcast addict and i've barely been able to pull myself away to listen to anything else this podcast brings me immense joy and has truly helped me grow although i couldn't go on forever about my new obsession with y'all i'm here to submit myself to pay black women 
My grandmother passed away unexpectedly on August 20th. She did have minor health problems, but nothing that would have prepared our family for this. One moment she was sitting in her cardiologist's office, the next she was on life-sustaining devices. It has hit our family very hard as we lost my mother just shy of two years now. Wow, my condolences to you and your family. Yeah, same. We're very sorry to hear that. Although I am an quote-unquote essential worker and therefore am still working, I am unable to cover the full cost of travel slash transportation to get from Florida to New York due to the suddenness. If able, would you please make this a part of the pay black woman segment? Any little bit helps. My cash app is dollar sign unhumble crown. I added the un after I heard a wise one say, do not be humble. That's right. Ow. That's right. That's Marginalized folks. Humble is not for black women. Not at all. If not... If not, I'll still love y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. The BBB will help get me through. Thank you and much love, Shania. Thank you, Shania. Yeah, thanks, Shania. And give this woman your money. Give them their money because we said so. And their cash app is in the show notes so that you can give them your fucking money. That's right, yo. Thank you so much, Shania, for sending us this letter. We wish you and your family healing. And we hope that you are able to make it to new york and spend time gathering connecting Word. with your family at yes. this time, yo, yes. for real safely and all that good stuff yep mm-hmm. all right so it. we motherfucking did it so we like we said before we're gonna skip news that's not news this week and then we are going to go ahead and get into the motherfucking pit the motherfucking that we recorded pit. earlier today, today. When it was the best podcast we'd ever recorded in our lives. Ever. And this is all that's left. Yeah. All right. So. Even our like um, band-aid scraps is uh, like really good. Oh, yeah. So we're going to get into that shit. And um, we already said bye before. So we'll say bye then at, from before. From before. We'll say bye earlier now. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I just want to know. Yo. Are you ready? To throw somebody in a motherfucking pit. I am quite prepared. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm set. I'm laughing um, because I see how pre- I see pit. how prepared. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm quite prepared. Yes, I'm quite prepared. I Let was say for this. Yes. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time? The pit is the segment where we throw. People, places, and things that try to fuck with our black joy. Like, we're trying to create the world that we want. And you motherfuckers are fucking with it. And mm-hmm. we are throwing you in the pit. Jay, who, who are we throwing this week? All right. So, I don't like to highlight these type of motherfuckers. Yeah. But I feel like it has sprung a conversation about black folks and our identity and shit like that. Yeah. So, I do want to throw Jessica Krug in the motherfucking pit mm-hmm. a white woman so she was already there but yeah jessica krug is in the pit for lying for at least a decade mm-hmm. well for her entire career she was a liar but i don't know how long before that she was impersonating a black woman yes. right so lying about being a whole entire black woman specifically of late lying about being a black puerto rican from the bronx Bronx. and 
I want to throw that bitch in the pit for it. So Jessica Krug, she went by the name Jessica La Bombalera uh, on mm. social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in community settings, that's what she was known by. She was an associate professor at George Washington University in their history department. She taught several classes on Africa and the African diaspora. She had just published a piece in Essence magazine on blackness in Puerto Rico. The bitch taught salsa. She was a fellow at the Schomburg Library, which to me, as a black girl from the Bronx and like roots in Harlem, fucking the Schomburg is a sacred black space. It is a very sacred black space. And then I just want to add, I had, I, this is recent information for me, but I'm sure lots of people knew. But knowing that Schomburg was an actual black Puerto Rican. Right. And right, like, the founder of the library. Yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm, bitch. Mm-hmm. So she was a fellow there. That's a coveted position. I don't doubt that the Schomburg has has had yeah. white fellows, but I'm sure that they had been out about being fucking white, white people. White and who not, were studying, like, lying. Yeah, studying blackness. That's yes. a different story than lying and saying that you're a whole black Puerto Rican. She was neither black nor, nor Puerto, Puerto Rican, Rican, nor was she from the Bronx. She was just a fucking white woman from kansas so she would also do shit (laughs) she would also do like pay black women shit right so she would be online in a conversation and then call somebody out for not yeah yeah for not sending her money for educating them on blackness or whatever the fuck the case was in that moment um which is highly disrespectful to those of us as black women who have had to do that who do that because our work is stolen and erased yeah you in fact are just a white woman studying black shit that's a very different thing very different experience and you got your whole nerve playing yourself so she did shit like that this is white psychosis (laughs) this is thank you this is fucking white psychosis thank you because okay. this this is definitely white supremacy that allowed this to go down. Exactly. And this bitch, something <laughs> something is wrong with her because the other piece of this, as a New Yorker, mm-hmm. right? And I think that this is important. As a black girl from the Bronx, yes. we know there have been white people in our communities who we grew up with, who for them, it was easier. I know an Italian girl and I know a Jewish girl who I went to elementary school with. Uh-huh. And it was easier for them. And this, is, this, this doesn't make it okay. But as watching what they were doing, it looked like it was easier for them to attempt to pass as brown people, right? To yeah. learn how to speak Spanish, mm-hmm. to navigate in that way. As a kid... Nobody wants to be seen as different, right? So if you are in a black and brown community, right, and you are one of a few white people, whether it be Italian, whether it be Jewish or whatever you were in the Bronx, I could understand as a child deciding to navigate as a fucking brown fish, learn the language, being a fucking child, right? The difference between those children deciding it's easier for me to pretend to be this other kind of person, right? Or to move in ways that, like, we all know you. Like, we knew that you was white because we've been in elementary school together. But, like, we see what you're doing. We understand what you're doing. Yes, exactly. And most of those people grew out of that shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they still spoke Spanish. They still, those were still your friends. It wasn't like they were pretending to have these black and brown friends that was their community or whatever but most of those people grew out of pretending or taking on the identity of like some other culture or whatever Mm -hmm. right very different than this fucking i'm gonna be a whole entire adult 
assume, steal, take the identity of a yeah. black or brown person, mimic what they do online, mimic how they live, yeah. and and live as that person. Everybody here in New York either knew that bitch or knew somebody who knew her. And mostly, most of us know somebody who knew her because she really wasn't that popular. So most of us yeah. know someone who, who knows know that her. person yeah. because she was so heavily trying to be embedded in our community and um most also most of the motherfuckers who we know who knew her were well, not, not native, native new, yorkers. new yorkers that's why I, you right saw, you saw how i perked up i did I'm see like... you perking up and getting all spicy today. yes <laughs> <laughs> they were they were not native new yorkers yes and i think a part of what is really um oh i just want to add I said that she was a white woman from Kansas. I did not say that she was a white woman from Kansas with no lips. So I just want to add, this is a white woman from Kansas who also had no lips. So she did all of this lying and fraudulence <laughs> with no lips. The entire time she had none. Not a lip to spare, not a lip in sight. Okay? At all. All At right. All. I just wanted to add that. But a part of the reason why I wanted to talk about the fact that a lot of the people who knew her, the black and brown folks who knew her yeah. and um, whose communities she was uh, invading. Able to infiltrate. Able to infiltrate is because I do believe that as displaced Africans, right? So black folks throughout the diaspora. So I'm specifically talking about those of us who are, whose ancestors were stolen and taken into slavery and sent around the fucking globe mm -hmm. right yeah. in this conversation i'm not talking about continental africans because their experience with having their ancestors of course stolen but we are the descendants of those stolen ancestors mm -hmm. right yes. so when i talk about that conversation i'm talking about the experience of being a displaced african being descendants of displaced africans yes. and our identity our retained identities and the identities that evolved from that experience yes. through that experience mm -hmm. within the diaspora so when we look at black folks around the country in the u.s we look at black folks in the caribbean in south america those of us displaced africans if you look in the u.s from state to state right yes. we're all black yes there are things that unite us throughout the country from state to state mm -hmm. there are things that unite us throughout the diaspora yeah. right mm -hmm. as displaced africans right from state to state, it's different kind of black people yeah. in different places. We talk different. We eat different shit. We were at, um, you talked about this the, the other day, when Janina had her launch for In Those Jeans, Jeans. podcast, and she had a, a lot profits, of food from New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, was yeah. It was food that I was eating there that was common black food amongst black folks. But it was uncommon to me yeah. as a common-ass black person because I'm not from New Orleans, and I don't know, or the yeah. South, and I don't know what the fuck be going on half the time. So there are things that are specific to yes. different groups mm -hmm. of black folks, right? Yep. So while black folks in New York came in contact with this person who claimed to be a black Puerto Rican from the Bronx, the yeah. people who were coming in contact with her were not black people from the Bronx. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Of course, there's the argument that some people are making that physically she did not look like a black Puerto Rican. That's fine. What I want to address in this moment is the fact that energy wise, personality wise, spirit wise, culturally, 
culturally, if you are not a black person from the Bronx, if you are not a black person from wherever this, any random black person says they're from, you're not going to catch all the nuances of why what they're saying doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when people say, oh, I can't believe that she passed or I can't believe that people allow this to go on. I don't believe that this woman was in community with With black people from the Bronx, with black Puerto Ricans from the Bronx, with anyone from the Bronx. She wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't. Her accent was very fucking Pak the Khan, Harvard Yard, or whatever the fuck that yeah, is. Yeah, it was, it was very. I don't know if that's Boston. Fuck I don't know where she learned that or what that is. Who yeah, says that fuck was not. Like that? that was not a Bronx accent. Mm-mm. And there's New Yorkers who, well, maybe not. I was gonna say. I feel like people outside of our borough, a lot of them like don't also don't know our shit or whatever. Yeah, but like like New Yorkers who are not from the, where we're from. But the Bronx is also um, a borough that people. Dismiss. tend to not fuck with and dismiss Facts. so you will not know anything culturally about the bronx in those ways because mm-hmm. everyone wants to act like it's the fucking shithole of new york city right you right. know so that yep. there's a lot of that that was missed out well y'all don't mm-hmm. fuck with the bronx so how would you even know what a bronx accent right even right sounds like you know yeah yeah so i do i want to acknowledge that a lot of the people who came in contact with her whether they be black or brown they were not new yorkers Mm -mm. you know what i'm saying and and we do have evidence like it's been showing up online where people did slide in her dms and challenge her blackness so it wasn't like she went unchallenged you know what i'm saying yeah yes she confessed because somebody was like bitch i'm gonna expose you so people were doing the work as well and this was right and this was percolating this is not something people would i've seen fucking screenshots of texts like yeah i reached out to her three years ago to ask her what What she was doing or what kind of black person she thought she was or whatever right the other piece of this is like i don't know anyone personally who was like that was my friend i know people who knew her Mm -hmm. i know people who came in contact they did something with her maybe one time or ran into her whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. i feel like and i don't know this i don't know how deep her friendships were or what they were um i think also I highly doubt that she had any friends, actual friends from where she said that she was from. Because you and I, as black girls from different sides of the Bronx, we talk about where we've been. We talk about our families. We talk about like our stories, our like the the cross check is there. You know what I'm saying? It's very indicative of being someone from the Bronx. I'm going to say some Bronx shit that Bronx people are going to know about Mm -hmm. that happened when I was eight. And you're yep. gonna see that okay, this 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 mm-hmm. this checks true, or this makes sense, or this, you know, which I'm sure wasn't happening with her. Right. And from what I see, a lot of people who were engaged with her were people who were not from New York. So how would they even have the context mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. that fucking Warworth used to be over here right. or Caldors used to be over there on Fordham Road? Facts. You know, like who would Facts. who how would you have that information if you're not from mm-hmm. New York? Right. Right. Remember Caldors? Um, I do remember Caldors. <laughs> I love the Caldor. Caldor was like the old Tarjay. It I was. It really Ooh. was. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and I, and I loved it. Not that I had any money to spend. I sure did But I enjoyed when it we was went an there. experience. Yes. <laughs> it was an experience. I did. I did. And and it was almost a guaranteed <gasps> we're gonna get takeout. You know what I'm saying? Same, yeah. Because we yep. spent we was at Caldors all day. Yep. Who had time to cook? <laughs> we was at Caldors. <laughs> Anyway, the other thing of the we're gonna kind of bounce around because yeah. this is traumatic as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's traumatic as fuck. I saw some people talking about how it doesn't it doesn't 
bother them. Like black, I, actually, there was a piece that a black man wrote. Michael Harriet at the root wrote a piece talking about how this has no merit, like on his life, and it doesn't bother him. And not not saying that it was okay what she did, but yeah. the fact that she has it worse than any of us because she is a white. At the end of the day, she's a white person. Yeah, exactly. I am well. black. She is not. A, so I get that. I get that um, perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that it bothers me a lot as a black woman from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And she was passing herself off as a black woman from the Bronx. It also bothers me, even though I am very physically and obviously a black person. Yes. It does bother me as a light skinned black person because these white people, when they are attempting to pass as black folks, they are specifically physically embodying the identity of ambiguously black people, right? And I know that there are people who are uncomfortable with me acknowledging that there are black people who pass as white, that Mm -hmm. there are white presenting black folks. And I think that it is tricky because, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, before, you can be a biracial person and with a whole entire black parent, a white parent, one of, one of your siblings or all of your siblings look identifiably black are treated as such and you might be the one of them who happens to be white passing yeah. right mm-hmm. and you grew up in a house full of black folks who are not white passing and you are a whole ass black person that's your experience yeah. right and so i do i do think that it is wrong to then decide that that biracial black person who presents as a white person is white you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that's not a white person it's not not a white person their familial experience is not that of a white person they're fucking what they do on the holidays with their whole entire black ass family sans the the white parent is not that of a white person they're a black person and i i I know that there are the added layers we're talking about biracial people i know that there are people who feel like biracial people should solely identify as as biracial and not say that they are black and not say that they are whatever other identities that that biracial identity is made up of Mm -hmm. i personally and i think that we agree at t T with queen j podcast believe that you can be a black biracial person Person, you can be a um an asian biracial Biracial person person. like i think a lot of these things depend on your features they depend on your experience um and so when i use the term black biracial i am talking about to me i do consider biracial people who are black who have a black parent that they can touch who is an actual black ass person i do consider those people to be black i am not talking about I'm not talking about having a parent who had a great grandparent who was a black person. To me, that is somebody who is African descended of African descent. And I don't think that that should be ignored. And I think, right, there's a time and place for that discussion, but it is not the same thing. I just want to add, it also doesn't eliminate that them being a black biracial person, even if they present Mm -hmm. in a certain way, it doesn't eliminate the privileges and stuff like that. That's not what we're saying. Facts. Okay. We know you could have an experience. You could be loved on by black people and then Mm -hmm. still leave your house and then have a different experience from your maybe darker or the family members who look more non-white. Right. So yes. we're not mm-hmm. saying that those people don't have privilege. We're not saying that they don't have privilege, right? That their facts. experience might be a little different than the other mm-hmm. family members or other people in their communities. But what yeah. we're saying is that that does not eliminate their blackness. That, that's not right. What it and to to fucking blow your mind, oh, we're shit. also not saying that those black biracial people who present as white 
not only do they have light skin privilege, but if you leave your house and you present as white, you have white privilege. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that those are still black people. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that that can be and should be looked at as nuanced. I also want to acknowledge as a light skinned black New Yorker from the Bronx of both American and Caribbean diasporatical descent. I want to acknowledge that I feel like depending on what part of the country you're from will depend on who you decide and determine and see as a black person. Yes. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I think that when you grow up around a variety of folks from the Caribbean, from Latin America, or even just being, having an experience of being a black person whose multiracial past shows up on your face. You know what I'm saying? So there Mm -hmm. are people who are dark skinned who had a whole entire white great grandparent. And there are people who are light skinned who their, their connection to whiteness is just that same great grandparent. You know what I'm saying? It just shows up differently on Mm -hmm. their face. Yeah. And so depending on all of those factors, I think really depends on how you view blackness, who you perceive to be black. And I think all of these things are different because we are displaced Africans, because we were stolen, because our identities are made up of what we could retain and what we could create. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so in different places, the vibe is different. In different places, the experience is different, which is why... I know some people would like it to feel like there's this clean cut way to say who is black, who is not, what is this and what is that. But we cannot pretend that that shit is not often based on your personal experience and where you're from and what you know. You know what I'm saying? And I also want to add that I am fucking outraged that this white bitch has us talking about who we are. Like, we don't know that's, who we are. That's the part that grinds my gears. Why are we? That's she the is part. white. She's like, why, she is a white person. Yes, why that's does, it. Why is she making you question yes. all of these things? Why, exactly. why does she hold that much space? She's fucking white. We know who we are. We been knew who we was. Yes. Even though some of us disagree on what that that is, we also know what those disagreements are. We know who the fuck we are. Yes. Why are we letting a whole entire white, white woman, woman with no lips? Why are we letting her yep. have us have dialogue That's and argument and disagreement about who, who the fuck, fuck we, we are, are when we know who we are and we also now we know who that bitch is so like why are we doing that's what pisses me off is that these white people now have us fucking dialoguing and debating about who we are dialoguing and debating about the flaws of our identity which our identity is not flawed again we are displaced africans who've been doing and making and popping with what we had and what we could make and what we could do You know what I'm saying? So, like, that fucking bothers me. And I cannot pretend, I'm not going to pretend, and I I want to make it clear that I I believe that all of us have different intersections and different points of privilege and different points of understanding, and there's value to all of our different cultures throughout the diaspora. But I cannot pretend that I'm not uncomfortable when, as someone who is a child of displaced Africans, I am uncomfortable when continental Africans enter the conversation and try and challenge my ideas and understandings of, of blackness. blackness. You are, yep. yeah, you yep. are a continental African who can claim who can claim your country. In some instances, you can claim your 
tribe. You can claim your community. Yep. In many instances, you can trace that shit back to grandfathers upon grandfathers upon grandfathers, exactly. right? And that's not to say that you don't have. Of course, you got. Of course, you got slave descendants and we, cousins, uh, yeah. and we're we're fucking related. You know yes, what I'm saying? Exactly. But to come over here into this conversation and be talking about fucking your your ideas on our blackness in this particular time, I think that there is space. And there should be opportunity for us to dialogue about these things as Africans of the continent yeah. and as Africans who are displaced and not continental. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There is space for these conversations. But I think when shit like this happens, when shit like this pops off, I don't want to hear from you. I can't pretend I do not want to fucking hear from you. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you are not a child of displaced Africans in conversations where somebody was able to pose specifically as, as a displaced African, African I don't want to hear about your thoughts about how we're doing it wrong and we're not cross-checking these bitches in this way or that way because uh, honestly a lot of people didn't fucking know what an Afro-Latinx person was until, until last recently. year and we're talking yeah. we're not just talking about yeah there's always this dialogue about oh Specifically in New York, Dominicans not claiming blackness or Puerto Ricans not claiming blackness. There's that conversation too, but we cannot pretend that when a lot of our Afro-Latinx, when a lot of our black brothers and sisters from Spanish-speaking countries claim their blackness, is somebody on this side talking about they not black. black. Why are they saying they're black? Why they say like black? Yes, exactly. Which is it? Everyone always gets all, like you you put, even when it comes to like conversations or diaspora wars, no one... There's right. never space for Afro-Latinx people. It's always like, no, that they, they're not a part of us. Like, they're not even a mm-hmm. part of the feud because it's like, they speak right. Spanish. They come from a Spanish-speaking place, and so that's something completely different. And mm-hmm. a lot of Black people do not have the range. So I think that a lot of the people who were talking in this way that you're describing don't even right. think Afro-Latinx people are real. Right. So that's why I was able to be like, well, you know, y'all just be letting mm-hmm. anybody in, so right. that's what- because they don't even right. think Afro-Latinx people exist. They don't think that is a thing. They don't acknowledge that the transatlantic slave trade also mm-hmm. did the same stuff to Spanish-speaking people or people who come from Spanish-speaking countries in the Caribbean and also right. Central and South America. There are black mm-hmm. people in those spaces, and you are letting white supremacy win when you say or you act or you present information in ways where you just erase their fucking existence and you act right. like us people who are in this conversation, descendants of the transatlantic slave trade, right. when we are actively trying to include everyone in the diaspora and y'all like, well, y'all just be letting mm. anybody in. Thank you. Like what what, Thank what the fuck? You. No, that's no. You. Those people exist. Those people are black. Those people mm. are fucking real. And you mm. are adding to their erasure when you when you play like that. When you like, well y'all just yeah. be, you know, y'all just be letting anybody in. You know. Mm. No. Like what what huh? I always get annoyed when that conversation of Afro-Latinx people like into the conversation. Because people, uh, honestly, they I don't feel that people put them in a diaspora conversation enough. I know we make the point right. to do that. We mm-hmm. we make sure we do that. But people don't do that. Yeah. When they think about the diaspora, they just think about a continental African, Black Americans, mm-hmm. and Black Caribbean people. And that's it. That's, right. like, that's, that's just it. Mm-hmm. And that's faulty and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's white supremacy winning because they were colonized by a different white person who spoke a different right. language. They're not included right. in, a, in in our liberation. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was good for yeah. me when it was like, wait, what? People don't even believe Afro-Latinx people are real. Mm-hmm. And now this thing happens and now no people are going to yeah. get 
get ridiculous with this Mm -hmm. shit, you know? Yeah. So the other piece I want to touch on, and I kind of said this already, so I'm going to just kind of start it with this again, Mm -hmm. is that we know that there are people who are as light as Jessica Krug who are, in fact, black people, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that there are people who are that color, that complexion, who have a whole entire black-ass parent, right? You could have a black-ass parent that is actually dark skin, brown skin, right? And depending on what happens with the gene spice, if you have a white parent, you could come out like that. You can come out that light. That's real. That happens, right? To me, that person would be a black person, right? Mm -hmm. Within that color complexion, you also have people who have one black great-grandparent, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody else was white or something else. That person to me is not a black person. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? That person to me is not a black person. Your experience has not been that of a black person. Your Mm -mm. experience has been that of having a white great-grandparents. Many of us, most of us have never met our great-grandparents. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of us have. Like I I knew a lot of great-grandparents because my parents are younger. But for a lot of us, there's no connection to that. Mm -hmm. Little connection to that outside of ancestry, outside of stories and things like that. And your experience is not that of a black person, yeah. right? Yeah. To me, that's the difference. And so it's not as easy as saying somebody that complexion, somebody of that level of passability is not black, right? Yeah. Jessica Krug claimed to have actual black parentage, like a, a whole actual black parent mm-hmm. and claimed to just a- appear to look how she looks. I also want to remind everyone that she had no lips. Do I know that there are black people with no lips? I do. But I'm not going to let go of this point because it enrages me. <laughs> and I watched a whole video of her of with her no fucking lips. Fucking like she's po- in the car in Harvard Yard. Sounding like a white and, Boston- and Bostonian. Yes. Yes. Talking about gentrification. Talking about fucking uh, what white people are doing. Taking up space and taking away uh, space and time. Yo, yo, I listened to some of that shit further. She started talking about how the people, other people on the panel, or other people should have been giving their time to black and indigenous people and brown folks, giving up their time, rescinding their time to those people to speak and take the mic. Meanwhile, she a whole entire white person, okay, doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. So there is that. Mm -hmm. Now that I have said that, let's talk about colorism, right? Ooh, child. Because... The ghetto. (laughs) The fucking ghetto. (laughs) She recently had an article published in Essence Magazine. For those of you who don't know, for some strange reason, Essence Magazine is a magazine that centers black women it's been around for a long time it's like well-established fucking Mm -hmm. publication right so this let's pretend that jessica krug was an actual black puerto rican right and when i say that i mean let's pretend that she has an actual physical black parent that you could touch right yeah actually black Mm -hmm. and from puerto rico and from the bronx let's assume all those things right she wrote this article on black Puerto Ricans or the black Puerto Ricans experience, some level of that. She wrote an article about that in Essence magazine. Um, and what I would like to say about that mm-hmm. is that Afro Latinidad and the acknowledgement of it both here in the U.S. amongst people who are not Latinx and Afro Latinidad amongst those who are Latinx. Right. I feel like. As an outsider, right? So yeah. as, a, as a black person, as a black sister, as a black sibling who is not Afro-Latinx, mm-hmm. I feel like, as a New Yorker and a Bronx person, yeah. I feel like 
unless you were undeniably black, yeah. right? So unless you were physically brown, unless you were, um, there are certain features here in the U.S. that would not allow you to pass on any level. And I feel like for Afro-Latinx folks who are my complexion and lighter, mm-hmm. there was a level of passability. There was yeah. a level of mm-hmm. otherness yes. that allowed you to say, I'm not black. I am Puerto Rican, yeah, I'm Dominican, exactly. I'm Ecuadorian, I'm yep. from Colombia, I'm whatever kind of Latinx person, yes. right? And so I feel like on both sides of this conversation, amongst Americans, amongst non-Latinx folks, and amongst Latinx folks who were not specifically dark-skinned, there has been a denial of the existence of, of Afro-Latinx folks, yeah. period, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is as recent as fucking five ten years ago yes recent right Mm -hmm. so when we talk about movement building when we talk about acknowledging black folks when we talk about centering blackness in spanish-speaking countries when we talk about building community with other black folks throughout the diaspora when we talk about including black latinx folks in conversations of the black diaspora We know that the most marginalized among us as black people are dark-skinned folks, right? So when you invite black people throughout the diaspora, specifically specifically within the Latinx diaspora, black Latinx folks, when you invite them to participate in a magazine like Essence Magazine that has traditionally centered black American women, women, right? Yes. When you open up the diaspora, you should be centering, in my opinion, darker skinned black Black Latinx Latinx women. And I feel like colorism and our um, refusal to acknowledge its existence in all forms, in all of its forms, Mm -hmm. I feel like someone should have been there to say, can we find a darker skinned Afro-Latinx scholar to write this? Because they're all over. We know those Mm -hmm. women. And there have been... Afro-Latinx women in essence who perhaps their identity had not been was not centered or discussed and it's just assumed that these are black American people or either in the conversation it didn't necessarily matter because we're just talking about black as a general concept you know who knows but when we begin to have these conversations and to really um really do pan-Africanism in the way that it was intended to be done or in the way that is is most inclusive, that is most intersectional. It is important to center the most marginalized amongst us. That's how we all get free. And so if you are introducing conversations and i know that i know that essence has had other afro latinx writers i know that this these these this is not the first article yeah, on exactly. black puerto ricans in essence but that doesn't mean that this is still not new and the center the face right now of afro latinidad in places uh, that are giving out money campaigns media articles panels all that shit the face of that is the most light-skinned bitch you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and that is a problem that's a problem and essence of black publication should have been and should be that shit colorism should be top of mind because it's not it's not just white people who participate in colorism because they do too and that's a part of why light-skinned privilege thrives the way that it does because it offers lighter-skinned people more access more freedom to just be humans and not have to deal be, with the constant oppression of, of, of our person. physical right blackness yeah. showing up or whatever in mm-hmm. certain ways. And so it is disturbing that she was able to write this piece because even if she were in fact 
an Afro-Latinx, black Puerto Rican from the Bronx, Mm -hmm. she should not have been the person chosen to do that. There are mad other black Latinx women who could have done that or could could have used that opportunity and that check. Yeah, I also think because of her complexion, that's why she was able to be popular. Facts. Because she's a lighter-skinned person and because people Mm -hmm. tend to for... Because of white supremacy and because of our ideas about color, because of how we, because of likability, because of what Mm -hmm. kind of woman we are able to take hard conversations from, all of that Mm -hmm. stuff comes into play as to why this, this light person was able to take up the amount of space she was because things she's saying coming out of a darker skinned person mouth wouldn't probably have been received. So there's no Mm -hmm. room for for that to like even happen like she was able to infiltrate and navigate because of our and i'm gonna say our right mm-hmm. our connection and our relation to colorism there are many times right. where i know that if the things that i say they wouldn't be taken as harshly they wouldn't be taken as a threat it wouldn't be like yo what's mm-hmm. wrong with you if i was a lighter person i know this right. i've seen this happen We've seen it happen. We've seen it amongst us. There are times when we both say the same Same thing, thing. and it's just the way that I say it is received totally Totally different different. than when Queen says it. Our appearance is received different. We it's something that we navigate every day, and and we could we would not be able to navigate it in a healthy way if there wasn't open dialogue about that shit, or if I, as the lighter skinned person, was not making active effort to constantly be aware of that shit. Exactly. And. As a lighter skinned person, being open to knowing that I'm not going to catch it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because I'll being catch it and I'll present it and, you, out. and you'll listen. You won't be like, well, right. I don't think. You don't try right. to excuse. you like, oh, if, you know, that's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, right. whatever. But mm-hmm. we need to be more open and real about our connection as black people to colorism. Because mm-hmm. the fact that she right. was able to fucking infiltrate in that way to that degree to become popular and that way when mm-hmm. I know that the shit that she says, the work that she's doing, I know there are plenty of dark-skinned Afro-Latinx folks who are saying those same things mm-hmm. and they are not allowed the same amount of space because they are dark. So I, right. I really want us to like look at our connections to colorism and start and dismantle mm-hmm. that shit. Seriously. Like, yeah. it, it's that and then I you know I don't I don't advocate for light skinned people <laughs> right but mm-hmm. it also annoys me to see black people now question the validity of light skinned people now like how right. do you how you said this already but how do you mm-hmm. how do you allow this white person to now question what you know about I know what a light skinned black person is yeah I have never had a white person challenge mm-hmm. my idea and understanding of what a light-skinned fucking black person is like what is wrong with you like y'all are fucking wild mm-hmm. like i've seen people just be ignorant on some like well i need to see both people's parents now and this and this like right. no like how do you if if you don't have an understanding of what light-skinned blackness is then you have a really you don't have an understanding of blackness because we look mm-hmm. like so many different things that mm-hmm. how i I just don't understand how you don't understand that nuance. I just don't understand I, how you could say you yeah. love blackness, but you can't you can't see blackness in a light skinned person just because their skin tone is a, is a little mm-hmm. is lighter. I, I I don't know that shit. When I was seeing right. that, like what y'all are fucking. To me, it's like I can't think of verbiage for it, but like it just reminds me of like weird eugenics stuff or like I guess because they're now questioning genealogy mm-hmm. and, and your genetic background in ways that don't make any sense and none of us let's be right. honest none of us have the reins to even like go deep in that way mm-hmm. but like why does the fuck to me 
Why the fuck do mm-hmm. I need to see a light-skinned person parent to know if they're fucking black? Right. Shit like that. Like, that divisive yeah. language like that. Like, I don't get mm-hmm. how y'all let this white bitch come into space and fuck y'all up so much that you don't even know what a light-skinned black person is. Mm-hmm. And you're okay with that? Yeah. And honestly, the same way that you and I unintentionally and naturally cross-check each other about Bronx shit, it's mm-hmm. the same way we organically and naturally do with other black people. Yeah. It comes up. And also, we be so excited about being black that we're always talking about some shit a black person did. Like, oh my God, that's so black. Yeah. And like, you cannot do that with somebody who's not a black person because they don't fucking know and they will never do it in return because they, they don't fucking know. know. But the other piece of this that I'm not surprised about, that I'm not, I'm not surprised that we allowed this white woman to have us questioning at who we are and our yeah. own identity is this system of white supremacist patriarchal capitalism that says the fault of white supremacy is our own fault. Yeah. So anytime some white person does something to us, it is our fault. Yeah. So we're thinking, what could it, what, what could, could we, we have done? done what better? should we have done? Yeah. It's it's classic victim blaming. Yep. Mm-hmm. and we do it to black people all, all the, the fucking time. time right and it's easier i really do feel like if you are someone who has no frame of reference within the diaspora if you have no frame of reference for considering light-skinned folks multiracial yeah. uh folks mm-hmm. black biracial folks if you have no frame of reference whatsoever for that you are really not someone who should be reconsidering it because you have no framework yeah. for it. You have, you're not even starting from somewhere mm-hmm. to me. And that's a part of why I say that's a conversation. I don't want to have that conversation with people who are not from the diaspora, people yeah. who are not displaced Africans because you have no framework for understanding how we got here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you cannot critique where we should go from here because you don't know how we got and here. How, and by, by and how no, it should exist in it. Right, right. By no, I mean, you didn't live it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You didn't live this. You don't have the stories. You don't have... That's not what's in your uh, social DNA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. for me, at this time, that's a conversation that I don't really want to hear about from you unless you are um, someone who is a product of displaced Africans and the ethnic and racial mixing that came to create what we know as Black Americans today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. even when... We do these DNA tests or whatever, like for those of us, I'm not participating, but for those of us who, who have engaged in and participated in DNA tests, there's still a percentage of European that's there and it didn't come from fucking yeah. nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is from our experience here as displaced Africans. Yep. And that's a complicated history that's for us to decide how we navigate that shit moving forward and not for, not for anybody else, right. um, that white bitch included. So that has really bothered me. Um... Yeah. So this this whole thing is a hot mess. And I think the most upsetting thing is letting this person dictate how we see each other. Yeah. That was the most disappointing thing for me to just see people just ignorantly, not even ignorantly, but like, how do you just question blackness just that quickly because it is one white bitch? Mm -hmm. And how how does that happen? How how do you let that happen? It's really weird. But as black people stop centering light-skinned afro-latinx folks when you have the wherewithal to be inclusive of latinx folks in conversations of the diaspora fucking pick a dark-skinned person like we're not there yet accepting afro-latinidad has not been so normalized yet 
yeah. that you can have a light skin right have a variety and shit no. like that like that's really not how it works and we're, we're talking we're about still... like that degree of fucking light skin yeah because you know we're saying? still actively making sure we dismantle what people even think a latinx person looks like period on a right. basic level people think it's mm-hmm. always that white latinx person and that's it that's people's mm-hmm. like specifically in this country i'm not going to speak for the rest of the world when you think Latinx people are just these white people. So when you mm-hmm. see a black Latinx person, your brain can't commute because right. the mainstream has told you so long, this is what Latinx is. So even mm-hmm. though there's a black ass motherfucking Latinx person in the same room as you, you see them as an other. Right. As a non-black person because they come mm-hmm. from a Spanish speaking place. And that shit mm-hmm. is fucking ridiculous to me and upsetting me and my homegirl. It's very upsetting. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on that. I don't intend on ever talking about this person again. It did make me think about when um, Ijeoma Aluo wrote an article, a really good article on um, RD. I'm not saying her name, but wrote a really good article on RD. And um, it was an interview with her. But I thought that when these people masquerade as black folks, they are masquerading as light-skinned black people. So I like the ways that Ijeoma talked about that. Like yeah. these are these are people who are posturing as a certain kind of black person and like the uh, feeling and experience of that shit. Yeah. Could you put that in a... Did you say this? You was going to put it in the show notes? Just so people could... Uh, Yeah. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I'll put that in the show notes. this yeah. was weird. That's the way cool. that mm-hmm. people just was like... Oh, light skinned black people. What is yeah. it? Was that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was like right. weird for me. And you know how what I mm-hmm. am on a colorism conversation, and I, I, I don't generally like talk in ways that I need to affirm light skinned folks because that's what the mm-hmm. world does a lot of anyway. Right. But that was mm-hmm. fucking weird. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I also want to say Ijeoma is, like her bio says that she is Nigerian American. I believe that she is biracial. Mm -hmm. So to me that like adds, um, like there's a reason why she would talk on a light skin. Mm -hmm. Someone personifying light skin, black identity or whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck that is. But you you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Mm -hmm. Stop being weird, y'all. Stop being weird. Stop being weird, you guys. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Guys. Good stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. So those are our thoughts on that. We've been to the motherfucking show Yo. a long time ago. I'm gonna edit as much of this shit out as possible. But they're but not gonna have us for two weeks. Episode. So I know you're right. Enjoy. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Not two weeks. A week, so, but enjoy. Yeah, a week. But you know, two weeks in my head. Because soon as I fucking edit this shit, I'm on vacation. <laughs> So we did a motherfucking show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We are skipping next week, so you have a heads up for that. Mm -hmm. That's it. You can go back if you haven't already. Listen to the Patreon episodes that we have behind the paywall. I don't think we're doing one this week. Mm -mm. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can check out our website, T with Queen and J. Dot com and as always you can send us your t-mail at t with queen and j at gmail.com dot com. we need a hashtag i can't think of one hashtag black lives matter yo hashtag pay black women actual black lives actual black women mm-hmm. like fucking what the fuck yo what the fuck what the fuck you know what the other piece of this real quick mm-hmm. it's like people want and another of, thing and another <laughs> thing it's like instead of taking individual blame for the shit instead of taking individual like yeah you know oh we didn't we didn't also we didn't talk about academia and that whole thing but 
we cover. They'll do a lot. something else so we could um, talk about. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll come up. Something. That'll come up. Yeah. That'll come up because this colorism applies to it, that whole situation yep, it too. Does. But also, people as a way of kind of taking off some of the individual responsibility of like being duped, mm-hmm. they want to say that it's the whole way that black folks identify themselves, period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So instead of saying, yeah, I was duped for these particular reasons yep. or we never talked about her family because I didn't want to talk about my family. So we never really yeah. got to the nitty gritty uh-huh. of like, who is this person or yep. whatever? Um, or maybe I just fucked with her because she was semi-popular. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. But instead of like take personal, like, yeah, whatever the fuck, it's like they want to say that it's all of blackness's fault. It's all of the way that we do this shit. It's it's the way that all of us move and not the ways in which maybe you were in community or not in community with her. And with with that, we're still not allowing ourselves to be individual. We say every fucking week, blackness is not a monolith. And then when something Mm -hmm. happens, it's all of our fault. Like, which one is it? Which is it? Facts. Make a decision. Facts, 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 facts. All right, we're done. Yeah. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia. T with Queen and Jay, we turn up responsibly. And... We have a poem here. It's called Whitey on the Moon. <laughs> and uh, it was inspired. It was inspired by some whiteys on the moon. So I want to give credit where credit is due. <laughs> All right. That's it. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me because Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week and now Whitey's on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Hmm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the Moon.